So on the count of three, I want you all to give me what is the first and greatest commandment. You ready? All right. Three, two, one. Pretty good. Okay. How many of you, when I asked that, said that there's one God? How many of you said there's one God? Okay. How many of you said it's to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Okay. How many of you prefaced that answer with, Hear, O Israel? Jesus does. You know, Jesus isn't making anything up when he responds to the scribe. Rather, he's simply answering with the most famous scripture passage of the Jewish people. Hear, O Israel, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This prayer is what they prayed every day, three times a day. So before their morning prayer, before their daytime prayer, before their evening prayer, they would recite this. An interesting thing to think about is Jesus, Mary, and Joseph all said this prayer three times a day. But they didn't begin with, you should love your God. They began with the words, hear, hear. To prepare for prayer, they basically were telling themselves, listen, listen. And the preface to the greatest commandment is the command to listen. If I may ask you, when you think of prayer, do you think of prayer as listening? Or do you think of prayer as talking to God? As the saying goes, which I heard many times when I was a young boy, God created us with two ears, Colton. In one mouth, you should listen twice as much as you speak. But what is the prerequisite for listening? Silence. Hear, oh my people, listen. It's interesting because in recent studies, sociologists and psychologists are beginning to study the benefits of silence. One particular psychologist began studying the effects of music upon individual persons, and during his study, he found something very, very interesting. This man named Luciano Bernardi in 2006, when he was studying the effects of music on people, he made this observation. He said, when we were studying it, we didn't think about the effect of silence. He was surprised. He found that the impacts of music could be directly related to people's blood pressure, the way their brain worked. But more strikingly, he found that something appeared between the music, between the songs that he would play to them. He discovered that silence had a drastic effect upon them, but in the opposite direction. Music stimulated an arousal. But they concluded that two minutes of silence in between each track was more relaxing than playing music that was quote-unquote labeled relaxing music. Two minutes of silence. 
In 2013, a scholarly journal called Frontiers in Human Neuroscience, this man Joseph Moran and colleague wrote that the brain's default mode network, I'm using some kind of crazy language here, but just listen, is observed most closely during the psychological task of reflecting on one's personalities and characteristics. In other words, in doing self-reflection. They concluded that freedom from noise unites the quiet without and within, allowing our conscience workspace to do its thing, to weave ourselves into the world. This is fascinating. To discover where we fit in. I was having lunch with a lo- local chiropractor, Nick Lococo. He comes to Mass here sometimes. And we were talking about our prayer life, talking about prayer itself and silence. And he mentioned something interesting to me. He said that for most of his patients who struggle with lower back pain, he prescribes them silence. He tells them this. First, set a timer for 15 minutes and sit quietly. Second, don't respond to thoughts that you say you have to do this or do that. And third, realize you can just sit quietly and sometimes you don't have to do anything. Everything can wait. There is no emergency. He said when he began prescribing silence, patients were coming back to him over and over and over again, and the response was incredible. He said their stress was relieved, and the lower back pain began to cease. Hear, O my people, listen. If we analyze our world today, there are two things that seem to creep up as major problems in our society. People are overstressed, and people feel that they don't have a purpose or meaning in this life. Anxiety is skyrocketing, and so is anxiety medicine. The rate of depression and suicide are constantly on the rise. Purpose and meaning are dwindling. High schoolers come to me and tell me that they are depressed. They're 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 years old. We have an epidemic on our hands, my brothers and sisters. It's the epidemic of noise. It's the epidemic of distraction. It's the epidemic of ceaseless imaging, images coming to our senses. And all of it is numbing us. Hear, O oh my people, listen. I recently read a book by a cardinal from Africa. His name is Cardinal Seurat. The book was entitled this, The Power of Silence Against the Dictatorship of Noise. In it, he makes a powerful statement. He says, without noise, many today fall into a dull, insistent uneasiness. They are accustomed to permanent background noise, which sickens yet reassures him. Without noise, they are fervish, lost. Noise gives them security, like a drug on which they have become dependent. When I was in seminary, there was a seminarian 
we had kind of group showers, right? Individual showers, but all in group. He would bring his stereo to the showers. I told him one time to stop. I was like, I just want peace and quiet, at least when I take a shower. But I saw something interesting, and it clicked to me. He had to have noise constantly. How many of us have to have noise to go to sleep? We have to have a sleep machine. How many of us to study, we have to have background noise? Noise has become like a drug. Images have become like a drug. We need more and more. But I think that it's not just a need noise problem, my brothers and sisters. I think there's a bigger problem underneath it all. Thomas Merton, who was a spiritual writer, writing in the 1900s, said this, The turmoil and confusion and constant noise of modern society are the expression of the ambiance of its greatest sins, which are its godlessness and its despair. When God is taking, when taken out of our lives, when seeking God in the silence of our hearts is taken out and removed, we have a hold that must be fulfilled. And the remedy the world gives is noise and distraction, movies, social media, etc. The more we use it, the more we need it. But science itself, not just the church, not just God, but science itself is showing that all this leads to increase in anxiety, purposelessness, a lack of meaning in our lives, stress. And we can't deny that we see a world full of it, can we? Stress, anxiety, worry, lack of purpose, struggling for meaning. What's the remedy? According to science, it's not distraction, it's not noise. It's not having a positive outlook on things. It's not passing around positive energy, whatever the heck that means. It's silence. Two minutes of silence is more relaxing than relaxing music. It's intentional silence. But my brothers and sisters, it's more than that, I think, too. It's silence where we can reflect on our lives and we can seek God. It's a silence that leads to an encounter with a person, to that person who's living and dwelling within us. It's a silence where we can just sit, rest for a moment, and know that we're resting in the love of God. Remember at the beginning of Mass when I asked you to pay particular attention to what Jesus adds to that prayer? Did you catch what it was? He added that we have to love God with all of our mind. With all of our mind. In other words, we have to allow our minds to have some time where we can seek God, to meditate on His goodness, to meditate on His Word, to meditate on His love, to meditate on how He's working in your life and He's active in your life. We say so many times, God's not present to me, Father. Have you been looking for Him? 
God's not speaking to me, Father. Have you been silent for at least two minutes to hear him? What's captivating is that on the section on prayer, the catechism says this. Listen to what it says. Christians owe it to themselves to develop the desire to meditate regularly, lest they come to resemble the first three kinds of soil in the parable of the sower. If you watch TV, maybe you've been watching the Saints game just a while ago, I'm sure there was at least one commercial that said something that, look, you should buy this because you deserve it. You owe it to yourself. You worked hard. Splurge a little. Spoil yourself. Well, you know what you owe yourselves, my brothers and sisters? You owe yourself some silence and to meditate upon God. That's what you owe yourself. That's what you deserve. Father, I don't have the time. Father, I don't get any silence. How are you creating it? Are you riding in the car? Turn off the radio. Your kids go to sleep at night, maybe around 7 or 8. Don't turn on the TV. Have some silence. My brothers and sisters, that device in your pocket right now, put it away. Because what happens, even if it's on silence, you hear, and your mind goes straight to, who's texting me, who's calling me? Put it in another room. I began this practice recently. And I found tremendous, tremendous, tremendous benefits from it. And it's so simple. I don't sleep with my phone next to me. It's in another room. And I don't look at it until I'm ready to walk out the door, ready for work. You know how many times I'm tempted to look at it? Probably like 10 or 12. But I don't. And I have found so much freedom and so much stress for you to say, you know what, I'm not going to look at it until I walk out the door. Maybe you can incorporate that too in your life. Distractions will come in prayer. They will. It's like training a dog to stay. I've been doing that a lot. It sucks. You tell him to stay, you walk off, and he comes right back. But what do you have to do when you train a dog? You have to pick him up and put him back. That's what you do with distractions. You pick him up and you put him aside. They keep coming, you keep doing it, and you focus on God. If you don't make silence, my brothers and sisters, it's not going to come to you. Not in today's world. We have to create that external silence. So I'm going to ask you a few questions. Are you stressed? Put some silence in your life. Are you anxious and worried? Put some silence in your life. Do you feel like you don't have meaning or purpose? Put some silence in your life. We need it. We long for it. Our soul, our mind, our hearts Crave it. Give yourself what you deserve. Hear, my people. Listen. Be silent.